Ruth chapter 3 verse 1. The name Ruth has come to mean friendship, loyalty, and devotion. Ruth was loyal to Naomi and she was Naomi's true friend. She really cared about what was best for Naomi, and that's why she didn't want to leave her alone. She knew that Naomi was impoverished, and she wanted to help Naomi survive in the world and not be all on her own. And Ruth is also loyal and devoted to Boaz. She's offered herself as Boaz's servant. And furthermore, Ruth represents the Christian who is loyal and devoted to Jesus and is a friend of Jesus. In the New Testament, Jesus said, You can only be my friend if you obey my commandments. That's how we become friends with God, is by obeying His commands. If you do obey God's commands, then you better know you are His friend. He considers you His friend. And that's an awesome thing to know. And that's really the number one reason why I endeavor to obey the Lord, is I want to be His friend. But we also need to be loyal, meaning that our friendship doesn't wane. In other words, we don't want to go back to sin and be disloyal to the Lord and let our friendship end and dissolve. We want to maintain that friendship by being loyal and continuing to obey his words. Verse 1, And Naomi her mother-in-law said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? Now, by seeking rest, what she means is, I need to get you a husband so that you don't have to go out and glean in the fields anymore, that your husband can provide for you. 2. And now is there not Boaz our kinsman, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Naomi is playing matchmaker. She has a plan that it would be best for Ruth if Ruth married Boaz. Boaz has been single apparently his whole life. He's never been married, yet he's an older man. Boaz is a man of high character. I'm presuming that the reason he hasn't gotten married yet is because he hasn't met a woman of the same caliber that he is until he met Ruth. Ruth is of high caliber, Naomi is of high caliber, and Boaz is of high caliber. So this is also a story about the Lord blessing people who are very righteous and who do the right thing. Remember, Naomi told the two sisters-in-law to go back to their homes, even though Naomi knew that it would be at her own personal expense if they left her. But she wanted a better life for them. So she was righteous when she told them to go back home. But Ruth was righteous as well because she refused to leave Naomi. And she wanted to continue serving the one true God of the Israelites. Boaz has also proven himself to be righteous because he has been chaste, single, and a virgin all these years waiting patiently for the right wife instead of impulsively just running and grabbing the first attractive woman he sees, which is what Samson did. Samson was always looking at the body and the face and nothing else. But Boaz looks at a person's heart and their actions. It could be why he's never been married before. So it's kind of the story of three righteous people coming together. Naomi recognizes that Boaz is a near kinsman and he could use his right to marry Ruth and redeem her life and her property and her dead husband's name and give her children and a future. And Naomi says, well, tonight is the party night when they winnow the barley in the threshing floor and everybody has a big feast and then they all sleep on the threshing floor to watch over the barley to make sure that it's not stolen before the morning. Three, wash thyself therefore and anoint thee and put thy raiment upon thee and get thee down to the threshing floor, but make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. Naomi is saying to get clean 
to be dressed in her best clothes and to anoint her skin with oil because they used oil as lotion back then. But don't announce yourself to Boaz until after everybody has gone to sleep. For and it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. Meaning you need to watch, keep your eye on him so that you know where he went to sleep because you're going to have to find him in the dark later. And that's what Naomi is saying. You need to mark it in your mind where he is because when the sun goes down, you won't be able to see where he is. And thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. This seems really unusual because Naomi is telling Ruth to kind of stalk Boaz in a way because she's going to keep an eye on where he is and then in the blackness of night she's going to creep over to his pallet where he's laying and she's going to uncover his feet and lay down at his feet. But I think there's a good reason for this. They need to be able to talk privately about whether or not Boaz will marry Ruth. And up to this point, every time that Boaz and Ruth are out in the field, there's a whole bunch of people around them, so they can't have a private conversation. And Naomi is saying, so that you won't be ashamed and he won't be ashamed, you need to discuss this in private. The only way to do it is to have the conversation when everybody else is asleep. What you'll do is when you get to his pallet where he is, because you can't be near him when he goes to sleep, that would be improper because you're a woman. You, you got to be far away in the woman's side. Then when it's dark and everybody's snoring, creep over to where he is and uncover his feet because with his feet uncovered, it's a passive way of waking him up. If she were to nudge him or call his name, it would make too much noise and it would startle him and it would be really rude and aggressive. But by uncovering his feet, that would make his body get cold. And so within a short time, he would wake up naturally just from feeling cold. And then she's also saying just lie down at his feet because it would be even more creepy if you're standing up and someone might notice you standing up. So you need to lay down at his feet to show that he is your Lord and you're going to obey whatever he tells you. So it's all kind of weird, but Boaz will understand it when he wakes up. And then when he wakes up, he's going to see a woman at his feet and he's going to realize that she wants something from him and that she is humbly asking Five, and she, Ruth, said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. Ruth is going to be dutiful and obey all these instructions. Six, and she went down unto the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. Seven, and when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. He's guarding the corn, and he probably has other servants guarding, you know, the barley and the wheat and whatever else they've got in there. She tiptoes over to where he is, uncovers his feet, and lies down. 8. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He was startled because he was cold, and then he sees her. 9. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. This is in the dead of night when, even with them talking, other people are probably not going to wake up as long as they don't yell. She said, Spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Now, she's talking in metaphor. On a surface level, she's asking him to make her warm, but he understands the language that she's using by calling him a near kinsman. She's really asking him to marry her. And this is what we do when we receive salvation. We ask Jesus to marry us. We literally do that because he is coming back for his bride. And when he takes us up in the sky, there's going to be a big wedding feast. When we ask Jesus to forgive our sins and accept us, that's the engagement ceremony with the Lord. We're also asking to be engaged as his bride. 
10, And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter. Thou hast shown more kindness in the end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou didst not follow the young men, whether rich or poor. Boaz says, You could have chased after the younger men that were better looking, but you chose me, an older man. You're even more kind now than you were before, because you were loyal to Naomi. And that showed great kindness. But now you're showing loyalty to me, an older man who most women wouldn't want. And so now you're being kind to me. 11. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou mayest for all the men in the gate of my people who know that thou art a virtuous woman. Boaz is saying, it is my will to marry you because everybody knows how righteous you are. I'd be proud to have you as a wife, is what he's saying. 12. And now it is true that I am a near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. He's telling her there's a little bit of a problem in that I don't have first rights, I have second rights. So I have to offer you to the kinsman who has first rights first and see if he wants you. At this point, she's guaranteed a husband because a nearer kinsman can say yes or no. If he says no, then Boaz will take her. But if he says yes, then she'll get married to a nearer kinsman who's younger than Boaz. She just doesn't know for sure who her husband will be. 13. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he be not willing to do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth. Lie down until the morning. He's telling her, until the sun comes up, I want you to stay with me, and then tomorrow we'll find out who you marry. 14. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could discern another. For he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. 15. And he said, Bring the mantle that is upon thee and hold it. And she held it. Now that would be her outer coat. And he says, Hold your coat out, because I'm going to fill it with food. And he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her, and he went into the city. He gave her a massive bunch of food to take home to Naomi as a gift. This is like a pre-wedding gift. When we get engaged to Jesus, he gives us a pre-wedding gift, and that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is the characteristic traits of God, the Father, which include kindness, love, patience, self-control, temperance, humility, and all of that good stuff. So we take on a new personality because he gifts us this new personality, which is his own personality. And then in greater abundance, he also gives us other pre-wedding gifts, which are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, teaching, leadership, or helping, stewardship, or a gift of tongues, or a gift of healing. There's all kinds of gifts, and from his treasure of gifts, he will gift each and every one of us. 16. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. Isn't this interesting? She said, Who art thou? She's basically saying, What is your status? How is it now? Ruth told her the whole story, which means she's guaranteed marriage, but she doesn't know if it will be Boaz or a different kinsman. 17. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. He's gifting Naomi as well as Ruth. 18. Then said she, meaning Naomi, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall, for the man will not rest until he have finished the thing this day. She's saying, We're going to spend the day waiting on the Lord because we will know an answer today. He's a righteous man and he's not going to leave us hanging. And then we'll know before the sun goes down. 
There's a verse in the Bible that says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. When we come to Jesus and confess our sins and ask him to save us, he saves us today. He doesn't leave us on a cliffhanger. He doesn't make us wait or say, I need to think about it for a while. Naomi and Ruth are going to be saved this very day. And that concludes Ruth chapter 3.